Everybody got the victory today? <clears throat> well, you might as well have it. Jesus got it for us. Amen. And uh, we, we live in that. And even when we're in what we consider a, a battle or a fight, we fight from the platform of victory, not down in the valley and standing somewhere in the shadows, you'll find Jesus. He doesn't stand in the shadows. He's, Jesus is the light of the world. I don't know who wrote that song, but I hope when they got to heaven they had some revelation on who Jesus is. Amen. If he's there, there's light. In fact, so much light that the Bible says that in heaven there's no need for sunshine for the glory of God. The glory of Jesus lights the whole place. Amen. Praise the Lord. So that sounds like a good powerhouse, power source. Amen. So don't look for Jesus down in the valley. He's not down in the valley. And you're seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You say, well, you just don't even care what anybody's going through. And uh, uh, sometimes I say just to get people's attention, got that right, I don't care. Uh, because we're casting all of our cares over on him. Amen. So why care? You know, you almost use it like a, like a verb. I care. No. Some people say, well, I don't like those word of faith churches. It's just always about everything victory and hallelujah. And it's like, well, why not? You know, did Jesus get it for us or didn't he? Amen. And, uh, so we just uh, praise God for all that. And, uh, Thank him for his goodness, his mercy, and grace. It's good to be back. We took a few days of R&R. Well, we first went and preached for a friend in Tulsa, uh, Brother Mark Brzee, a magnificent church, world outreach church. Had a great service and then flew to Seattle to see my son and uh, daughter-in-law and grandson, Evan Horton, who... uh, just steal, steals our heart, amen, and uh, next month he'll be a big two years old, praise the Lord. Please pray for Nick and Nina for the next year. If you've ever dealt with a two-year-old, two they turn into little dictators about that time, and I'm going to tell you how the house is going to be run. But uh, what a what a wonderful time we had with them, and a few days of just rest uh, before back to the salt mines. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. We're uh, going to look today at, again, a comparison between righteousness by works, the attempt of righteousness by works, or righteousness by faith in grace and the finished work of Jesus. Amen. And try to get uh, some clarity here. If you look at Romans 3, um, let me, um, let me, uh, let me start, let me start here. Uh, actually let's start in verse 10, Romans 3.10. As it is written, he's comparing, you know, again, righteousness by by the law, by the Old Covenant, by the Old Testament, 
which was really only written for Jews. It really never extended to the whole world at that point. However, if you'll remember, even uh, back in the Old Testament, uh, the Syrian that um, was Syrians, can you imagine that? That's still kind of a problem. Uh, the Syrians, uh, the man that had leprosy, uh, Naaman, <laughs> and uh, he... He has leprosy and, and he doesn't have a covenant. He's not, he's not a Jew. He's not a, an Israelite. So technically, legally, in terms of spiritually, spiritual legalism, <laughs> legally, uh, Naaman had no right to a healing. He had no atonement whatsoever. And yet, because of his faith and obedience to what the, man of God told him to do, go dip in Jordan seven times. Isn't it funny that his his problem was he didn't want to dip in that particular river? It, I mean, most people would have had a problem with the whole dipping idea. Like dip, I'm not dipping anything. But he, and Or the number of times to dip. Now, you know, you'll get these numerology uh, charismatics going. You know, they'll try to figure out something special about the seven number and, you know, get so deep that you miss the point. It doesn't matter. I don't think it matters if it was seven or 70. I mean, it was just what the Spirit of God prompted the prophet of God to say. And that just was the, that was just the deal. So here my point is that Naaman is a a Syrian. He doesn't have any covenant old or new, (laughs) and yet he gets a miracle. Now, when Jesus pointed this out to the Jews later, they weren't happy about that report because he said no one was healed in that time except for Naaman the Syrian. Oh, my, he's an enemy. You know, he should be hunted down, and I mean, that group should be hunted down and eliminated as far as they were concerned. And yet he got his miracle by... uh, the faith that comes through obeying either the word or what the prophet of God has said. Amen. Well, you say, yeah, but you know that they got, he had that special word from the prophet. The Bible says there is no higher level of prophecy than the word of God. Amen. Amen. So even if you get a prophecy from the prophet of the week club, uh, you know, there's, uh, there's a prophet around every, People used to say there's a demon behind every bush. I think there's a prophet behind every bush, including the parking lot brand kind that'll, you're trying to get out of the church and get out in a parking lot, prophet will come and, and uh, get assault you. <clears throat> or you're trying to drive. But, uh, you know, there's, there's people that just give out words all the time that really, uh, you know, are questionable. You say, well, I got a word one time and it never came to pass. Well, that means that, okay, you know, it's called a dud. It's called a blank. It didn't have any power behind it. Amen. So, you know, just because somebody gives you a word doesn't mean that you have to, you don't have to freak out either way. But if, if it, if it lines up with the word of God and seems good to your heart, then fine. But even with that, like Brother Hagin used to say, don't stand on the prophecy, stand on the word of God. Stand on the Bible, because it's unchangeable. 
All right. So anyway, he's trying to compare and say, you know, uh, what did the what did the Jews have? What did the Gentiles have? The, the Jews with the law, the Gentiles completely lawless, under nothing. And he says finally here in verse 10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Uh, now, obviously, meaning just sort of organically. In other words, you're not, you're not organically righteous just because you're, people say, well, you're on the earth, you're a child of God. No, not really. You're on the earth and you're in the human race. But to be a child of God, you have to hear the gospel, according to Romans 10, unless Paul didn't know what he was talking about. <laughs> according to Romans 10, uh, faith comes by hearing. Faith for what? Faith for salvation. Faith for uh, righteousness. Comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And then how shall they believe in whom they've never heard? Amen? So we don't need to resent sinners. <laughs> some, you know, some, some folks get so churchified, sanctified and chicken fried. That all goes together. Um, a lot of fried chicken eaten in church land. But, um, some people are so, so, uh, you know, there's a difference in being righteous and being spiritual and just being churchified. And a lot of people are so churchified, they really start resent, and they think they're so holy, and they think they're so fixed up that they all start to resent sinners. And and then, you know, the minute we get out in the street as Christians and start marching against sin, we, we've lost our ability to preach the gospel to that particular group. And so, you know, the church decided to join. Boy, I'm off. God help me. Somebody said, you've quit preaching and gone to meddling. But it's true that when the church tries to identify itself as some kind of persecuted minority group, um, we're giving up a lot of authority there to be able to to uh, preach and everything. Amen? As a citizen, you have a right to protest or do whatever you want. But the minute that we do it in the name of the church, we do, the church is standing for this and standing for that. Really, we should only be standing for one thing, and that is the gospel of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The church has shown, even in the midst of a communist regime, even in the midst of countries where Christians are not only persecuted, but tortured and uh, put to death for their faith, the church continues to shine because they get it that they're not there to change the political system. They're there to uh, preach the gospel. So our calling is not to be a Republican church, to not be a Democrat church, to not be a who are we voting for. Amen. Our job is to, this desk is reserved for the preaching of the word. Amen. So you say, well, who should I vote for? Well, uh, search what that, cause you know, we got an election coming up and it's going to be a doozy. <clears throat> but, um, I mean, you ain't seen nothing yet. It's what I think. But, um, 
Who do I vote for? Well, uh, look at the candidate. Here's how you do it. This is not has anything to do with being a pastor. It's just like a, a man with a brain, maybe. Amen. At least a piece of one. And that is, here's a piece of my brain, is search the scriptures and, 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 then, and then look at the platform of the, of the candidate that you're going to be voting for and see which one lines up closest to the word. Amen. And then follow your heart and vote like that. That's how you vote. Amen. Amen. But we're, this is not a uh, political rally. And uh, this is the house of the Lord. And everyone's welcome. Amen. We're not. Say, well, you know, I, I see all the time on Facebook, which I really should, you know, not look at so much because I get mad. But, you know, the, these people say, well, I, we lo- we appreciate our pastor. You know, he still preaches sin is sin. Well, what does that even mean? Of course, sin is sin. It's always been sin, always will be sin, whatever the sin is whatever the infraction against what the will and purpose of God, against the holiness of God, amen, different lifestyles and things that are not lined up. But nowhere in the Word am I instructed to get up and beat the sheep. Jesus didn't say, beat my sheep. He didn't say, shear the sheep. First, some places you go, they shear you. They might nick you while they're shearing. That's, that's always unpleasant. And uh, shear the sheep and then beat them and see if they'll get in line better. Uh, I don't know what that is because it's not a Bible example of a shepherd. It, the, the one thing we're told to do is feed my sheep. Amen? And what do we feed on? The good things of God, the, the Word of God. Is there anything about the new covenant that's bad? Is there anything that's bittersweet? Is there anything that's hard to take? Well, not really. Not if you really understand uh, the revelation that, that Jesus downloaded into Paul. Amen. And his writings. And that's where we live in those epistles. Praise God. All right. There is none, in other words, just on your own, there is none righteous, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one, just just by themselves. Their, their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit, the poison of asps, which is a poisonous snake is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursings and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood, destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now, that sounds like a lot of people today, don't you think, yeah. out in the world, and they, they're lost. That's why they're called lost. <laughs> now we know that what things, whoever the law saith, is saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. So that's the purpose. What is the purpose? How does the law serve us now? It shuts us up about our self-righteousness. Like one sister used to stand up 
in Augusta at the Crawford Avenue Church of God, and she said, I've been in the way 40 years. And my mother would lean over and whisper in my ear, it's about time she got out of the way. She's blocking everybody. Well, I've been in the way 40 years. I mean, you know, that's, that's, that's great. That's a testimony of some sort. But it really more extols the virtue of the believer than it does Jesus. When we have a testimony, it should be glory to him. Not glory to me. I tell you, I stood on the word. And I'm going to talk about A little pride in that. And that God really hates that. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall be, shall no flesh be justified in his sight. So I don't know why we keep trying to get better on our, just help us to get better on our own. Uh, I just threw in the towel on David years ago and just decided to rest in Christ. And uh, I've had less since that time. I've had less problems with the flesh than I ever did striving and trying. So people say, well, I'm trying to serve God. I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm trying to think right. I'm trying to spit white. I'm trying, you know. You know what spit white means? There's no tobacco juice. Spit white. That's the South Georgia thing. They're all, they all got their little cans of, uh, of, um, you know, Prince Albert. So, I always say, well, you know, what should I do, Pastor? And I'm going to go, stop it in the name of Jesus. Stop trying to do anything of the flesh because every seed that you sow in the flesh, you're going to reap it back in the flesh. And, you know, uh, when Paul gives us the example of the fruit of the Spirit, on that same passage of Scripture, he gives us an example of the uh, the results of the flesh. And the results of the flesh is everything we're trying to avoid. Yeah. <laughs> Amen? Yeah. Lasciviousness, adultery, pride, all those things that people are working hard to avoid. That's what happens when you get in the flesh and start sowing to the flesh. <clears throat> Don't everybody shout at once. Now, the only folks that really get upset over this kind of message, even though there it is in the Bible, are merit mongers. The merit mongers are the people that want credit for all of their stuff. Is praying a good thing? Yes. Is giving a good thing? Yes. Is participating a good thing? Yes. Is worshiping? Yes. Is... uh Looking after your neighbor, yes, all those things, yes, 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 amen. And uh, it's really kind of like the law of relativity. You know what? It's true. You 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 start sowing good seeds and seeds of love and seeds of compassion, amen. But Jesus pointed out the fact that a lot of people do that kind of thing to be noticed of others, and he says if you do that, you got your reward. That's it. You get nothing else out of it. So, you know, we, we, we just, well, who, who can read the motive of the heart? Only God. Amen? Well, it doesn't mean you're condemned on any of this because there is no condemnation. There's not even any to give you if we wanted to. 
According to Romans 8, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And then, of course, you know, the Bible translators thought they were being helpful. Some of King James folks, staying up too late and adding to the Bible, decided to add who walk after the spirit, not after the flesh. Now, then our own precious faith movement added rules for that. What does it mean to walk after the spirit? And they, oh my gosh, they got the list a mile long. And, uh, but in verse nine there, see, of Romans eight, he says, if you, if you have faith in righteousness, in other words, if you call yourself of Christ, you're in the spirit. So he's talking about the flesh, things like circumcision, keeping special holidays, you know, wearing a doily on your head to get into the temple and all that stuff. That's what he's calling flesh. If you're, if you're doing all those rules and regulations, trying to be right with God, you're in the flesh and you're not going to reap the fruit of the Spirit from that. Well, preach, pastor. So the merit mongers are in mortal fear of, of not getting credit. And, um, but that's where we need to just say, you know, I, I, to think about what is going to be our heart on the big day in heaven <laughs> is the Bible says we will take our crowns and cast them at Jesus' feet. In other words, I'm not going to, oh yes, I have a crown. Look at my crown. I've earned my heavenly reward. Aren't I? My crown is higher than yours and has more stars in it. Remember that old song? Will there be any crowns in my crown? You know. I've been in that service. And I want to say, well, if you keep talking about it, no. It ain't going to be. Because, you know, you're taking the credit. Even if, even if we lead someone to the Lord, we get no credit. It's the gospel that's caused them to be saved. Praise God. Well, don't, we just have to watch it that we want to apply work ethic in life, which everybody needs some. He that doesn't work doesn't eat. I think, is that something God's enforcing? No, it's something you're enforcing. Obviously, if you don't work, you don't have money, you can't buy food, you don't eat. It's not that deep, right? But uh, on the other hand, um, we if we're not careful, we'll try to apply that to faith in Christ and spirituality, which is opposite. It says, go and look at the birds. They toil not, they don't, they don't sow, and they and 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 yet they reap a harvest because the Lord feeds them. Does he care only for birds or for you? Amen. So therefore, the deeds of the law, by the deeds of the law, there shall how many, how many people? No flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now, and everybody say now. 
Are you here in the now? Or are you still living back in Moses' land? Amen. We live in Canaan. Canaan land is a type of the new covenant. And then, you know, we used to sing the old song, living in Canaan's land, Egypt behind. Like somebody said, well, you can get pull a person out of Egypt, but Egypt's still in them. So they still think they're a slave and trying to work and earn credit to maybe get, a you know, two slices of bread a day instead of one. Maybe three beatings a week instead of five. Somebody, somebody uh, wrote us the other day, and uh, you just your heart goes out to them. You want to teach them everything you know in five minutes, and you can't. And somebody said to us the other day, you know, I'm having problems in my life. Things are not working out. I don't know what I've done wrong. Now, this is the way a lot of people believe. I don't know what I've done wrong. I don't know why the Lord's, you know, not blessing me or whatever. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. Did you see that? The righteousness of God without the law. I'm going to read that again. I'm not sure we got it. The righteousness of God without the law. In other words, outside the law. is manifested, the righteousness of God. Now, if you take without the law out, you see this. But now the righteousness of God is manifested. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, that means as as high of a standing as could be had, even the, you could say, righteousness includes holiness, includes being purified and sanctified. And, and it's, well, how much is that righteousness? It's not like that. It's either or. You either are or you're not. We talk about people being partially saved. I don't know where all this nonsense came from in the church world, but it's there. Well, they're about half saved. Well, no, you can't be half saved. You either are or you're not. You're either righteous or you're not. And then that horrible confession that some denominational people make, they mean well, God bless them. But they'll say, you know, uh, I'm a sinner. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Well, no, you're not a sinner if you're saved by grace. You're no longer a sin. Don't, don't confess that. If that's been your confession because that was your upbringing, well, you know, God bless Grandma, but come on. You know, are we going to learn a little better? You say, well, if it was good enough for Grandma, it's good enough for me. Oh, really? Well, then we're going to come take your automatic dryer and wash her away and give you a ringer. And you're going to hang your underwear out for the whole universe to see. Come on. Amen. You know, we appreciate, you know, you know, I I got taught all kinds of nonsense growing up. 
but I appreciate those teaching the nonsense because they were just giving us the best they had. They were giving us the best revelation they had, and that was where it was. But then you don't just sit with that. Well, of course, this is the way Daddy believed and Mama and Grandma and Uncle Goober and Aunt Annabelle. Amen? So it says here, but now, I love this, but now. So see, no matter what you can talk about in the past, but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, again, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. Praise God by the faith of Jesus Christ. Somebody says, do you have faith? Do you have enough faith? Yes, I have the faith of Jesus Christ. That's what I've got. Amen? According to the scripture. Well, I don't know. I'd be very careful saying something like that. Why? If it's the word, it's worth repeating. I don't know. Yeah, okay, since you don't know, please be quiet. But that's not true, you don't know. I just read it to you. You do know. So now we can say, not only do we have the righteousness of God, according to 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21, we are examples of the righteousness of God. Amen. Amen. You're saying, well, I got some rough areas. Oh, really? We're shocked. We didn't know. <laughs> I'm a little rough. Pastor, I got some problems in my, really? I'm just, I don't know what to say. How shocking. You're a human still. God bless you. One lady, I told you one lady told me in Tulsa, praise the Lord, God's holy city. She said, I don't know, there's just something about you that's not quite right. I said, you've got three hours? There's a lot about me that's not right. What does that have to do with anything? Only those who are perfect can be called to the ministry. Well, boy, the ministry's in bad shape. Something went wrong. Something wrong. Uh, there's a virus in the, in the software somewhere there because yeah, but those old, those people back in the Bible never made mistakes. Oh really? Have you ever read about a guy named Peter? He couldn't even hold papers with the assemblies of God. He committed the unpardonable sin three times in a row, denied the existence of Jesus and that he ever knew him. How about that? Let him try to get credentials. And he was, and, and, and Jesus said that you're the one that has the revelation of Christ being the God man, the man that God lives in. That's what he told him. And yet, under pressure, he cracked, didn't he? Do you know why there's so much fried chicken consumed in, 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 in church world? It's because when that cock 
crowed three times when Peter fell and denied. It marked the whole species. So that's why there's always chicken. One rooster spoiled the whole thing. <laughs> Thank God it wasn't a horse that neighed. Imagine, imagine that dinner. <laughs> All right. Where are we at? All right. So not only, not only do we, are we, are we the righteousness of God in Christ? But we also have the faith of Jesus Christ. You know, so again, us faith people, we get so consumed about, you know, do I have enough faith? And if I just have the faith as a mustard seed, you don't have to stop at mustard seed faith. Praise God. And uh, Jesus told Peter when he got out to walk on the water, remember, he, he said, if, if you're really the Christ, bid me come out and walk with you. And he did. He got out of the boat. You say, well, Peter sank. Yeah, but he was the only one that got out of the boat. The rest of them are in there. And the fact about Peter is after he saw the waves boisterous, remember, he began to sink. And he said, Lord, save me. The Lord took him by the hand, lifted him up, put him in the boat. And he asked him, when did you doubt? And he says, when I saw the waves boisterous. He said, oh, ye of little faith. Now, if little faith can cause you to walk on the water, wonder what medium faith could do for you. How about great faith? And then the Lord talked about that. I have not seen so great faith, not in the land of Israel, which also got him almost thrown over the brow of the cliff. Because it was a Syrian or somebody. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto those who are perfect and keeping all the rules and regulations voted on by the council, no, unto all and upon all, them that believe. How many believers we got in here today? Amen? Believers. So if you're a believer, this is your promise. For there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So you're not any better than anybody else. Amen. Being justified freely by His grace. That's a gift. Nothing earned. It's not merit. This isn't the merit monger verses. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Where's our redemption? Learning the law and trying to see which parts we're going to keep. This is crazy to me. The Christians who decide that they're going to keep part of the law, just part of it, to show solidarity or whatever. Well, that's ridiculous. Because Paul said... And, and we're going to look at this in a minute in Galatians. Paul said, if you decide to live by any part of the law, you're duty bound to keep the whole law. And the problem is there's a curse with it. Because he says that no man is justified by the works of the law. How many? None. When God hath you know, somebody smart aleck might come across and say, so I guess you're just saying there's no law and there's, there's no morals. You just do what you want. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, bozo. <laughs> no, Paul said himself, 
uh, should we sin all the more that grace may abound more? He said, God forbid. That's not the message. The message is, according to this, we're doomed without Jesus. That's the message. It's in Christ alone. That, that hymn that we sometimes sing, a newer one. In Christ alone I put my trust. Amen. Amen. Woo! Preach, pastor. All right. For all, okay. Being justified freely by His grace. Say, I'm justified by His grace. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation. Remember what that word means. It's the, the price set by the just judge that has to be paid. Jesus didn't just pay the price. He was the price. Through faith in his what? His blood. To declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. A lot of legal terms here that you should look up because it will help you to understand it. Amen? To declare, I say at this time, I say, I say, boy, you know, Cleghorn, Foghorn. I say at this time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. What's the qualifications for salvation? Believe in Jesus. Like these books, getting in the position to get healed. Well, would you have to get in the position to get saved? What would that be? And it's all the same redemptive work. Amen? Amen. Salvation, healing, and uh, prosperity and blessing. It's all the same blessing. It's the, the word for salvation, sozo, which is all-inclusive. Amen? Yes. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. You can't boast and brag on yourself because it's not about you. It's not about me. By what law? Of works? Nay. I love he says nay right away. I I hear a penalty uh, buzzer like a basketball game. (laughs) By what law? Of works? Wrong answer. Thanks for playing. But by the law of faith, not the law of works, the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude, and this is the banner scripture today. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. One translation says, the works of the law has nothing to do with righteousness. One of these days, I'm going to get a huge banner and put it up somewhere that says that. The works of the law has nothing to do with righteousness. Isn't that something? This is the kind of revelation that we have to go over all the time. Because religion is like in the air molecules. It's just like, you know, you can find some group of people that's really hardly ever been in church or whatever, and they'll start spouting all this. If you ask them, when you die, will you go to heaven? 
Well, I hope so. I mean, I, I try to be a nice person and I try. So they're instantly into works. Have you noticed that? Uh, and so I hope the good Lord, you know, when people talk like that or the man upstairs, when they refer to God like that, you know, they're not saved. They don't have a revelation of Christ and the man upstairs. There's no stairs. Okay. Come on. But when people talk like that, you know, that's what every cab driver in New York will tell you if you try to witness to them. Well, the man upstairs, like up the like a walk up without a elevator. What? You know, what are we talking here? Well, they mean well. I'm not making fun of anybody, but I'm just telling you. How many know what I'm talking about? You hear people talk about God. And the minute that they find out, that's why I don't always tell them what I do for a living, like on an airplane or something. Because they get weird instantly. Oh, hey, what do you do? I'm a television evangelist or something. You know, I might as well have said I'm Charles Manson. They freak out. You know, well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a minister. I'm a pastor. What denomination? I don't really want to tell them that. God only knows what they've heard about that. <laughs> that's not one of them snake handling groups, is it? Yes, that's exactly what it is. I have one in my pocket. You can see the bites here. Let me show you. You know, so you just, you don't, you don't want to even tell them what you do or whatever, because they, they, they won't talk to you like a normal person. Now, they have decided to show you how spiritual they are on their own, which is exactly what we just read about. Right? And, uh, well, you know, I've tried to be good. How's that worked out for you? Yeah, me too, and I failed. So, you know, I, I'm pretty sure you're a failure also. Well, Brother David, you're just a you're just a dogmatic nut, zealot. That's exactly right. I'm dogmatic about what Jesus did. Amen. Now let's back this up. Uh, I got a couple of minutes left. Galatians two sixteen will you know like cap this off for us. Amen. Let's uh, go over here. Galatians 2, 16. Knowing that a man, this is something we should know. Knowing that a man is not justified by what? Not justified. By the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ. There's the alternative. You see the two, the two things being compared here. Not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Just in case you didn't get it on the first part of his sentence, he tacked it again on the end. Seems like that might be the theme here. But if we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners is therefore Christ the minister of sin. God forbid. For if I build again the things which I destroyed, in other words, my my resume, 
of goodness, my resume of, of self-righteousness, my resume of self-produced holiness. Okay, that's what he's talking about, the things which I destroyed. Now, he can say this because in Philippians, he said, if any man have cause to boast, I more, he get named seven things there. One of them is uh, concerning the works of the law blameless. That means the law allowed for stoning of people, just so you know. Those who are in love with all that concept and all romantic about it and want to start instituting parts of it into worship. The problem with it is that it's about as mean as Sharia law. It's almost the same concept, some of it. Not only were you required under the law, to, if you, if you caught somebody in a, remember they were going to stone that woman that Jesus uh, rescued in John 8, said she caught in the very act of adultery. Somebody said, where's the man? And uh, they were going to stone her, and Jesus said, let he without sin cast the first stone. And one by one, from, it says from the eldest to the least, they dropped their rocks and ran away. So not only were you was the stoning required under the law, uh, you were required to participate in it if you knew about it. And so Paul said, he remember he was the one that held the coats of those who stoned Stephen. And Paul said, concerning the righteousness in the law, blameless. And he said, I count it as dung. So... That's why he said, I build again the things which I destroyed, trying to have righteousness through the law. I make myself a transgressor. Not God. God didn't make you a transgressor. You make yourself one. For I through the law am dead to the law that I might live unto God. Doesn't that sound better? I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live, everybody say now, now now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Praise God. I do not, see, I, I, I went to church for years and nobody wanted to read this verse for some reason. I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness comes by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. If you could become justified under the law, there was, would have been no reason for Jesus to go to the cross. It would have just been the best and the shiniest people could have made it in. But remember what Paul said, note how many are justified by the works of the law? None. None. Isn't that something? So the vanity of it, see Christ is dead in vain. The vanity of it um, and the curse, you know, if you if we kept reading Galatians 3, how many know what that says? 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Well, we always go to Deuteronomy and, and see what all that curse included. But part of the curse is is like the dog at the racetrack chasing that uh, bunny on the track. And the dog, no matter how, the dog will die 
of exhaustion before it, it will get the money. But in vain, they keep running. So that's the way it becomes. We're chasing our tail. Do you understand? Have you ever seen a dog chase his tail? And then it's hysterical when they finally catch it. And now they don't know what to do. Fun's over. I saw a video of a dog was laying there and his back leg would start coming up and he's growling at it. Like he thinks it's another dog or something, but it's his own leg. And he starts seeing it and he goes, and bites at it and pulls it back. I think that's what we do in church sometimes, what we do in our spiritual life. You know, we, our own leg is bothering us. And we're getting crankier and crabbier about it. Praise God. Now, I don't know about you, man, we could just go on and on, couldn't we? Isn't this wonderful? I don't know about you, I just love this revelation. I can never get enough of it. And I've taught it and taught it and taught it for decades. And I'm going to keep teaching it for decades, in Jesus' name. And uh, every time I teach it or preach it, I see something else. And it really ties together nicely what Paul said. He never deters from his same thing. Amen? In Christ alone I put my trust. Amen? You know, I've always said, you let, you let a word of faith person get attacked with an illness, and you have never seen the flurry of works that will start up. It's sad that they'll start trying to make a list of everybody they need to forgive and try to, you ever seen that? You know, just try to, try to go back over their numbers, see if they missed a tithe. I mean, whatever. I'm for the tithe, amen, but you, you don't have to, it's not like a CPA accounting thing there. Because God looks on the heart. <laughs> Hallelujah. And uh, sometimes, you know, maybe we miss a decimal or two. Commas. I like checks with commas in them. You do too, admit it. Oh, I don't know why he's saying that. He's a preacher. He shouldn't say the word money. The M word. <laughs> Obviously, he's in it for the wrong motive. Well, anyway. It's like, uh, listen, there's not enough money in the ministry to, to do it for the wrong motive. Yeah, I, I, um, Marie's sister, Claire, one time, she was helping count the offering. And I said, are you back here trying to steal the money? And she said, Pastor, if I was going to steal the money, I wouldn't risk it on the church. I'd go somewhere where there's real money. That's that's, that's, that's what Claire said. I loved it. I never forgot that. I said, touche. Praise God. Well, let's lift our hands. enough preaching. Let's lift our hands and praise the Lord today. Thank God for the Word. Thank God for revelation. Hallelujah. We don't have to fix up ourselves. We're already in Christ. 
We just stand and rejoice in what he's done and who he is in Jesus' name. Amen. And so uh, let's um, pray. I got to, uh, I don't got to do anything, but I want to pray for those who are watching on Internet right now. If you have a need in your life, if you uh, have an illness, put your hand where you're suffering. Jesus will touch you there. Amen. You at home do the same thing. In the name of Jesus, Father, I thank you for your healing touch. I thank you for your healing power. In Jesus' name, I command blind eyes to open, deaf ears to stop, lame legs to walk, cancers and tumors to dry up and disappear. Thank you, Lord, for your healing touch, your healing power. In Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you that all we have to do is just throw our whole weight, our whole selves over on you and your grace. And it's all provided in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for this. Those that are struggling with mental illness or um, um, depression, fear, in Jesus' name, unreasonable things, in the name of Jesus, I command the devil to take his hands off of God's property. We rebuke any spirit, any folks that think they're hearing voices or seeing things. In Jesus' name, we just cut that off in the name of Jesus. Command those things to not operate in Jesus' name. Those that have material or physical needs, Father, I thank you for meeting those needs today in Jesus' name. That You show yourself strong this week in their life and show the provision of the Lord. We give you glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's lift our hands and thank God for these things. Amen. All right. Praise God. Um, do you all want me to announce? I see the song. Well, I, I can't play it. I don't have a chord chart. All right. Um, should, should I announce? We have a little something in the fellowship hall. So uh, to celebrate Marie's birthday, so if you'd like to join us. You're welcome to join us. Amen. Amen. Happy birthday, Marie. Amen. Amen. And I'll pray for uh, what we have there in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for this that we're about to receive. We thank you, Lord, that everything's blessed and sanctified by the word of prayer. Bless the hands of those that have prepared things in Jesus' name. And thank you for blessing.